So the first reading is Genesis 12, verses 1 to 4. So Genesis 12, verses 1 to 4. The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. And the second reading is Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 to 17. That's on page 965. So that's Matthew 1, verses 1 to 17. This is the genealogy of Jesus and Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, Judah the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, Perez the father of Hezron, Hezron, the father of Ram. Ram, the father of Aminadab. Aminadab, the father of Nashon. Nashon, the father of Salmon. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Solomon, the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam, the father of Abijah, Abijah, the father of Asa, Asa, the father of Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat, the father of Jerohoram, Jerohoram, the father of Uzziah, Uzziah, the father of Jotham, Jotham, the father of Ahaz, Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah, Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh, Manasseh, the father of Amon, Amon, the father of Josiah, and Josiah, the father of Jeconiah, and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel the father of Abihud, Abihud the father of Elikim, Elikim the father of Azor, Azor the father of Zadok, Zadok the father of Achim, Achim the father of Eliahud, Eliahud the father of Eleazar, Eleazar, the father of Mathan, Mathan, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who's called the Messiah. Thus, there were 14 generations in all, from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. Applause. Well done. I'm going to avoid saying most of those, uh, but let me pray uh, as we start. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you speak to us through it, uh, that your spirit opens our eyes and hearts to what you have to say. I pray that that would happen this morning. Amen. And isn't history just quality? Okay, put your hands up if you're a fan of history. Underwhelming. Underwhelming. 
Uh, I used to be a history teacher, so let me tell you, let me tell you why everyone, everyone actually likes history. Everyone actually likes history. Let me explain why. Because we are always looking back at things, aren't we? We're always looking back at things. Uh, whether you pull out your phone and you're scrolling through those old photographs, uh, thinking of good times with friends uh, or family. This is my favorite one coming up now. There we go. Uh, or, or we speak about things from the past all the time, don't we? Did you see the game uh, the other night? What have you been up to uh, over the weekend? Or when something goes wrong, uh, a falling out with friends, something happens at work, we look back at what was done and what was said, and we think, did we make mistakes? Uh, what about when we meet new people? Getting to know them involves thinking a bit about their past, getting to know about their past. Where have they come from? What have they done? And then there are other things we remember as anniversaries, uh, birthdays, weddings, losses of loved ones, when we look back. Uh, and you know, you know we quite like doing it because it's done all the time in things we listen to, in things we watch, and in things we read. Uh, musicians like Adele turn their life stories into songs we like to listen to. TV shows and films have all those flashbacks, reminders of what's happened, the revelations of someone's past. I mean, Disney are loving it at the moment with prequels, whether it's Star Wars, Cruella, or Black Widow. And how many times do we read a book that takes us back in setting or recalling someone's life story? You see, we love looking back. We do it all the time. And it's because it has an impact. Uh, looking back stirs our emotions as we laugh or cry at things gone by. It, it changes what we think as we find out new things. Uh, and it teaches us as we learn from the past and look forward to the future. It's why it's such an awesome thing to do. Now, I have to admit, when David uh, came to me and said, I was going to preach on this passage, I wasn't really feeling it. Um, it didn't help the wry smile he had on his face uh, as he told me. But, but the beginning of Matthew is getting to do what we do all the time. Look back. Uh, and I'm not going to lie, what these verses get us to look back to are quality. Because Matthew, Matthew, in his gospel, he's going to give us the account of the life of Jesus. But before he gets into it, he starts with the genealogy. He starts by getting us to look back through Jesus' family tree. But it's more than just historical information. You notice that, by the way, he's, he's set it out. Matthew is driving at something here. He's driving at something. He wants us to see something about who Jesus is. Because who Jesus is, well, it has an impact. It's game-changing good news. So let's check out. We're going we're to see two things this morning as we look back through this family tree. First off, we're going to see that Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promises. He's the fulfillment of God's promises. Uh, and then we're going to see how nothing can stop 
God's promises being fulfilled in Jesus. That's what we're going to see together this morning. So look back and see. Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promises. It's December. Uh, So we're now allowed to talk about Christmas. We're allowed to decorate, sing more Christmas songs, and up and down the country, nativities will be going on, or at least versions of nativities will be happening, telling the story of the birth of a baby called Jesus. And for many, that is all Jesus is. Another human who came into the world, a baby who'd become a nice guy and a good teacher. But that's it. Well, Matthew, from the very beginning of his gospel, very beginning of this account of Jesus' life, wants us to see that Jesus is more than just a man. He is God's plan. Jesus is more than just a man. He is God's plan. You catch that at the start and end of the passage, verse 1 and verses 16 and 17, where Jesus is called the Messiah. The Messiah was the promised one of God who was going to fulfill his plan to redeem, to rescue the whole earth. The one who was going to destroy all of God's enemies, bring blessing to his people, and bring about his good and perfect forever kingdom. This promise, it goes way back to the very beginning of the Bible where in Genesis 3, after evil and suffering enter the world through the sin of Adam and Eve, God promises there will be someone who will put it all right. Someone who will overcome sin and evil and bring God's people back to him forever. This is who the Jews, who Matthew is, is writing to at the time, have been waiting for. And they've been waiting a long time But Matthew makes no bones about it here. That person who they've been waiting for, well, that person is Jesus. Uh, And he gives us the family tree to demonstrate why. He's structured it in a particular way because he wants us to notice two names apart from Jesus. You see them? He mentions them in verse 1, just so it's nice and obvious for us. The son of David the son of Abraham. It is no coincidence that this family tree starts with Abraham in verse 2. Luke, in his his genealogy, would take us right back to Adam. Matthew starts here with Abraham. Way back in the Old Testament, God singles out this guy, Abraham, and he makes those incredible promises that we heard read from Genesis 12. I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. I'm going to make your name great. You'll be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. A bit later in chapter 22 of Genesis, God would remind Abraham of this. Through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. It is through someone in Abraham's family line that this blessing to the nations is going to come. The wait was on. David then gets a double mention. You notice that in verse 6? A bit further in the history of the Old Testament, we learn that this Messiah, the one who's going to bring this blessing, is going to be royal. 
emphasized in verse 6 when David is called king. But it's not going to be David. No, God makes a promise to him as well. Back in 2 Samuel chapter 7, that one of his descendants will reign as king forever. God's promised Messiah is going to be a king from the line of David. The wait was on. And you see what Matthew's doing, don't you? Matthew's getting us to look back and follow the line with our fingers that he is mapping out and dropping us off here and here. Jesus is the offspring of Abraham and David. He is the promised messianic king. The wait is over. The wait is over. Don't you just love when you've been waiting for something and then it actually happens? Uh, Guys who are are making your way to the end of term, you can see it there, it's almost there, and that final day of term, you're just buzzing. It's great. Teachers are probably feeling that as well. Uh, Or when you're waiting to go away on holiday, especially if you're going abroad somewhere nice to a beach where it's hot, and then the day comes... So exciting. Or Christmas, as you patiently open each door of your calendar, one day at a time. It's great when we get to Christmas Day, isn't it? And it actually is there. It's not just the little ones who love it. We all do. How much more awesome, then, is this wait coming to an end? Jesus, the, the person history has been waiting for since Adam and Eve left the garden. Jesus is the one who is going to destroy all God's enemies, bring blessing to the nation, and bring about his good and perfect kingdom forever. In the rest of Matthew's gospel, he'll tell us how. But see here, Jesus is not just another man. He is God's plan. God's plan to bring his people back to him, to rescue and bless the world, and he has come. So first off, look back and see Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promises. And secondly, look back and see how nothing can stop God's promises being fulfilled in Jesus. My son, Finley, uh, when we're doing something he enjoys, like at the moment playing mousetrap or having a wrestle, uh, when it's time to stop, which is mainly because we've annoyed Louise so much she wants us to stop, uh, he'll say, just one more time. He says it so much that B, his little sister, is constantly saying, one more time, one more time. She doesn't know what it means, but she loves to say it. Uh, And I'll say to Finley, okay, okay. One more time, only one. And Finney will look up at me and say, one more, I promise. And then we do that one more, and he wants another. And to be fair, if he's beating me at mousetrap, I want another uh, as well. You see, we make a lot of promises in our lives, small ones and big ones. 
But have you ever made a promise and not kept it, not followed through on it? Either because you dropped the ball or, or something gets in the way? My guess would be, if we're being honest with ourselves, the answer to that question would be yes. Ever have someone, ever have someone that hasn't kept a promise to you? Friends, family, colleagues, the government? My guess would be, the answer for all of us is yes. That doesn't happen with God. It doesn't happen with him. He always keeps his promise. Nothing can stop him keeping them. And we see it in this family tree. Uh, This family tree isn't full of perfect people getting it right all the time leading to Jesus. It's quite the opposite, actually. It's like looking at a Newcastle United starting lineup rather than a Liverpool one. You have some names. You have some names who you think, they're pretty good. But then you read lots of others and think, oh, my word, they are not. They are not. And even the ones that you think are pretty good, well, they're not perfect. They're not perfect. In Matthew's list, he includes names of wicked kings. Kings like Rehoboam, Abijah, Jehoram, amongst plenty of others who got it wrong as well, including David, You notice the detail he includes there? He he says, uh, the mother of Solomon, who had been Uriah's wife, that was Bathsheba. The married woman David had seduced. And Uriah, the husband he'd had killed. Uh, Then the exile is mentioned twice in two verses, verses 11 and 12. The end, the end of the reign of David's line of kings the lowest point of Israel's history. This is a family tree of of people who sin and mess up. And yet, and yet, we still come to Jesus, the promised King Messiah, because God is always in control. And this was always God's plan, his plan to bring blessing His plan to bring God's kingdom to defeat sin and death through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Look back and see nothing can stop God's promises being fulfilled in Jesus. And the good news of the gospel, the the good news this genealogy hints at, is that these promises, these promises which nothing can stop, are promises that God makes through Jesus to us. Do you notice he includes four women in this genealogy? Now, that would be incredibly unusual for the time. But the inclusion of those four women is a subtle hint to this for us. Because three of them, Tamar, Rahab, and Ruth, they were all Gentiles. They weren't Israelites. And it's possible that even Bathsheba was considered a Gentile, because of her marriage to Uriah, who wasn't an Israelite either. The fact that Matthew includes Gentiles in Jesus' own family tree helps to reinforce that Jesus the Messiah has come to rescue and bless those 
beyond Israel. Just like God had promised Abraham. And the Bible is full of promises God makes that give us a brilliant idea of what this blessing involves. He promises to be a good shepherd, to be a comfort and refuge. God promises to listen to them, to be their strength, to provide for them and work all things for their ultimate good. He promises to be with his people forever in his perfect kingdom. Guys, these are promises that we can be a part of. Man or woman, old or young, from Cambridge or from further afield, they are promises that we can be a part of. Isn't that incredible? God has made a way for us to be saved through Jesus, despite our own sinfulness, despite our own turning away from God, by putting faith in Jesus as our perfect Messiah and King. The incredible promises he came to fulfill are promises that we get to be a part of. But maybe you find it hard at times to remember that. Maybe you look back over your own life, as I do, and see things you get wrong. Maybe you look back and see patterns of sin you can't seem to shake. Or sins that you feel are just too great to be forgiven. Or or maybe you look uh, around at the world and you find it hard to recognize these promises because you see the brokenness, the wrongdoing, the suffering and death. Maybe you don't even have to look at the world for that because you see it in your own lives. And you're left wondering, how could things possibly work out? How, How can things be made right? Well, friends, a few verses later, In chapter 1, in verse 21, an angel would tell Joseph to name the baby Mary will have Jesus, which means the Lord saves, because he will save people from their sins. It is for sinners like you and like me, like those in his own family line, that Jesus came into this world to save. This is what the promised Messiah came to do for those who trust in him, and nothing could stop it. Nothing would get in the way in this family tree. Nothing would get in the way as Jesus made his way to the cross and rose from the grave, defeating sin and death so we can share in those promises he makes. And nothing will stop his promise to come back and bring it all to completion with the perfect new creation. Friends, nothing can stop God's promises. Nothing can stop his promises to those who put their trust in Jesus as Messiah and King. Ain't that good news? Ain't that good news for all of us who recognize how we muck up and how we sin? Ain't that good news for all of us who are worried about things working out? Ain't that good news for all of us who are saddened by the world we see around us? Look back and see that nothing can stop God's promises being fulfilled in Jesus. Turns out looking pretty back is pretty decent. 
isn't it? Even looking back through a family tree with lots of names that are really hard to say. But let me finish by getting us to look forward. At Christmas, Christmas is full of cracking things. Seeing friends and family, some presents, good food, good TV. Anyone else looking forward to Superworm? Again, underwhelming. Um, as they come, as these things come, lots of things which are good, don't let them take anything away or distract you from being excited about the awesome message of Jesus coming to the world that we celebrate this time of year. Don't let it distract you. Spend time reading about it. Keep reading through Matthew's gospel. Keep talking to each other, reminding one another of it. And if it's all new to you, uh, why not pick up one of these from downstairs as well to find out a little bit more. Join us for some of the carol services still to come. Bring family to the nativity, to the Chris Dingle service. Pathfinders, Grafties, get your mates along to the silent disco night. And if you're free and around on Christmas Day morning, join us here to rejoice on Christmas Day together. And bring people with you. Bring people with you. Invite them along. We have such good news to share. That Jesus is more than just a man. He's God's plan. His plan to fulfill God's promises as Messiah and King. Promises we can be a part of when we trust in him. And nothing stops God doing it. Let me pray for us as we finish. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the Lord Jesus. Thank you that he was always your plan to rescue and redeem your people. That he has come and that we can be a part of those awesome promises that you make, that you keep when we trust in him. We pray all this in your name. Amen.